This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, March 9th, 2021. A Widow Wednesday. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside the Rogue One at Gary Widow. Stop there, Greg. You seem like you were surprised to be doing a show for a second. It's like, oh, like. Well, I, the thing I, you know, you, you, when Kevin counts us in and we have the thing go and then we let the thing go, I sit there and you're like waiting for, I have to watch out of the corner of my eye for the screen to change over. But then at the right. last second, at the last second, Gary, I remember that there's just a little bit of delay, and I've seen it before when I watch kind of funny ah. programming. That if you're not kind of move, it's weird to be full stop and then go. So I do this little thing where I'm like moving around a bit, give it a little bit of motion. You know what I mean? Because if I there's motion com- in your ocean, I think it's you know what they say? for a lot of for a lot of <laughs> it doesn't matter I, no, the size of the boat. I honestly have no idea. There's not been any motion in my ocean for many years, so whatever people are saying about it yeah. has no relevance to me. Um, no, you know, it's funny because I, I, we talk about this all the time, like in, in, on Twitch, like you see, uh, established streamers, like every stream, like there's some kind of problem, like audio or whatever, like they sure. manage to screw up. And I think it's kind of comforting to like, like newbie YouTubers and newbie streamers and people that are just like getting the hang of it, that even the established pros, even like the great kind of funny empire. Like, yeah. we're, you're still kind of making all this shit up as we go. Of along. course. Like, well, you're, you're not- you know, doing any of this is just about rolling with the punches and being able to go with it. You know what I mean? That's why yeah, people absolutely. think we have our shit together. It's just because nothing can stop us. Right now, Kevin drops dead. We keep broadcasting. And we hear, I eventually call Apollo while I hear her crying in the background talking to 911. And I'm like, hey, can you just mute? Can you mute Kevin's mic? That's all I need. You know what wow. I mean? Like, wow. let it keep going. We'll send Barrett over there. Maybe Joey wakes up in an hour and a half. She goes up there and turns it off when it's over. But we can keep going. Now, turning it back on after we turn it back off, that's a huge problem. Kevin, you know, integral to this entire operation. But there's something we could do to get around it, I think. Am I wrong, Kevin? No, we'll figure it out. And, th- and that's how you'd want it, Kevin, right? You wouldn't want the show to stop for anything. Right, right, right. Kevin you is mean, the wild card, for sure. He's the Charlie of, yeah. of the group. In that, like, he's, like, the, in many ways, the most valuable member of the group. Like, the whole kind of funny Lots operation yeah. grinds to a halt oh, without him. So like, he's definitely, like, the the MVP behind the scenes. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah, as integral as he is, you never know when he's just going to fall asleep or something. Like, it just sure. it can just happen oh, and, like, throw you a, throw you a wrench in the middle of a, of a live show. I what, fall what, asleep what? at appropriate moments, all right? <laughs> I very rarely fall asleep when it's something important, right? A lot of boring shit. You guys going to talk about fucking division or or marvel all day fine i'll take a little nap the game not the you like division there's been numerous occasions i'd love to see a super cut of it maybe one of maybe a best friend can put it together like times when in the middle of a conversation we've called on you and it's so clear from your reaction that you like had dozed off and we're just now like coming back to the conversation yeah i mean like like, you you know me i i i I do the same thing and i'm actually on camera so i'm not one to talk (laughs) <laughs> we have an interesting moments. thing going here you know 
<laughs> we do. We do. One of the best moments it's, we've ever had on this show is is Gary admitting to him not being. Oh, sorry. I was miles away. <laughs> I know. That, 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 that turned into a viral thing, I remember. Yeah, that was. That funny. was when people started to love you. You know what I mean? Up until then, they weren't sold on you yet. But that was the moment. That's when you turned it around. Gary. Yes. Believe it or not, as we bullshit around, there is literally no time to waste today, ladies and gentlemen. It has finally happened. Xbox has bought Bethesda. We're going to talk yeah. about that and so much more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames. On patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, you can ask us your questions. You can support us as a producer. You can get the show ad-free. You can get the show with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. You could be watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames, just like Y2 Jervis is, Flawlex is, and Milton Stilton has <laughs> a good name, is right now. Of course, if you're watching live on Twitch, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday. Housekeeping for you, it is a new in review starting right now, ladies and gentlemen. You can go to youtube.com slash kindoffunny or the in review podcast feed and start watching Godzilla in review with us. Of course, we started with Godzilla 2014. We are building towards Godzilla versus Kong coming to HBO Max very soon. Maybe well, you're not doing two. all the classic ones? There's like 50 Godzilla films. Yeah, Gary, we 30, have things to do, and those don't pull in. We're, we do. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. You, I like you're when gonna, you get. You're going to do Godzilla in review and not actually include a single actual Japanese Godzilla film. What the fuck? Gary, the way in review works is that it's building you up for a movie that's coming. So, like, what I understand what you're saying, but that's not canonical anymore. We're trying to build you up for Godzilla vs. Kong. So, you understand he fought the Mutos. Mutos. You know what I mean? That one of them had an egg belly. Remember the egg belly? Egg belly. Muto. That's <laughs> right, I've, Kevin. I've, that's I've, what they I've, said I've, in the movie. I've said, I've, said, I've said my piece. Let's move on. But, Gary, yeah, whatever, suck, Gary. No you know respect what I mean? for what we do. They're old, old, old movies, old. Oh yeah, I don't want to watch any old movies. Nothing, nothing, nothing old is good. This is your, this is your, this is your app controlled coffee mug, right? Uh, yeah, this is the Ember. It's um, it's a heated. Uh, I sometimes have to update the firmware on this. I can't have my coffee in the morning unless I've had my firmware. Um, updated. Does it keep but it mag- piping hot or just a little? Yeah. Bit hot? The, so the magic of it is, so I'm a, I don't know about mm. you, Greg, but I'm a sipper. I sip my coffee very slowly. Yeah. Um, and what that often means is like the bottom half of the cup, it started to get a bit tepid and you either have to put it back in the microwave and that's never good for the flavor or you just chuck it out. You don't, nobody wants to drink room temperature coffee. I do. Um, that's what I wait for, actually. Oh, I don't like it. So what's amazing about this it actually took me a while to get used to is even if, if I, even if I spend like two hours drinking coffee because I get distracted and running around, it takes me a long time to drink just like an eight ounce cup of coffee. The last sip is as yeah. piping hot as the first sip. And that actually no. takes a while to get used to. I love it, though. Okay. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, the nanobiologist, a.k.a. Mick Abramson, uh, Blackjack, Trent Berry, and Black... Oh, Blackjack is on here twice. Interesting. Uh, today, we're brought to you by Logitech and HelloFresh, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for every egg belly, Kevin! Six items on the Roper Report. Oh, Baker's Dozen! Muto's Give me another egg belly scream. 
Give me another egg uh, belly scream, Kevin. What did I say? I don't remember. You want egg belly? <laughs> Crack me up. I like that a lot. It's all right. Godzilla 2014, a fantastic film. Don't listen to anybody else. Number one on the Roper <laughs> Report. Xbox has done it. It is official. Microsoft has bought ZeniMax Media, meaning that Xbox has bought Bethesda. We will start. Kevin, I put a trailer in here. If you can play it with no sound, there's a great, if you want, required viewing trailer up. That is uh, Pete Hines narrating uh, uh, this trailer you're about to see, uh, talking about Bethesda growing from, you know, being basically in a garage to now being this giant uh, worldwide company and what this Microsoft thing means. But we'll start with Xbox. Over on the Xbox Wire, Phil Spencer put up the following post. This is an exciting day for Xbox. Today, we officially complete the acquisition of ZeniMax Media, parent company of Bethesda Softworks. It's an honor to welcome the eight incredibly talented development studios, Bethesda Game Studios, id Software, ZeniMax Online Studios, Arcane, Machine Games, Tango uh, Gameworks, AlphaDog, and Roundhouse Studios, and their passionate global communities to the Xbox family. Now that everything is official, we can begin working to deliver more great games to everyone. At every step building towards this moment, I've been inspired and motivated by the creativity, insight, and community-first approach of the talented people at Bethesda. Our goal is to give these teams the best foundation for doing their greatest work and to learn from them as we continue to build Xbox into an inclusive platform for all players. This is the next step in building an industry-leading first-party studios team, a commitment we have to our Xbox community. With the addition of the Bethesda creative teams, gamers should know that Xbox consoles, PC, and Game Pass will be the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox and PC players. As we shared previously, it's vitally important that Bethesda continues making games the way it always has. We look forward to empowering Bethesda's creative teams to reach even more players around the world, helping make future Bethesda titles the biggest and most popular games in their history. Xbox and Bethesda have long shared a common vision for the future of gaming, both as fans and as creators. Bethesda understands the potential of Xbox Game Pass. We would also like to honor the life and memory of my close friend Robert A. Altman, founder of ZeniMax Media. Robert believed deeply in the power of gaming, and we are privileged to be able to continue his work by joining forces with the teams he built and led for many years. I will miss the opportunity to work directly with him on our future of our of the future of our combined teams. But I know that his spirit will live on in the shared work that we do and motivate us to make this partnership all he envisioned. Thank you to all our players joining us on this incredible journey and to the millions of Bethesda fans around the world. Now that we're one team, we can start working together on the future ahead. We will have more to share about what's next for our teams later this year. In the meantime, to properly celebrate this special moment, we are bringing additional Bethesda games to Xbox Game Pass later this week. Stay tuned for more details. Uh, Gary, this was accompanied as well by Pete Hines putting up a post over on the Bethesda thing, echoing uh, many of the things uh, Phil's talking about here, also honoring Robert Altman, of course, uh, co-founder or founder and friend of uh, Pete and uh, Phil. One of the things in Pete's letter I wanted to call out was this. First, let me say we're not making any landmark announcements or changes right now. As we've, as, as we've all shared, the expectation is that Bethesda Softworks and our studios will continue as we have in the past, just with more support and resources than we've ever had before. Obviously, Game Pass has, an, been, an import, has been an important initiative for Xbox and will be working on putting even more of our games into Game Pass than ever before. Beyond that, stay tuned. We're just getting started together. Gary Witta, co-host of the Kinda Funny Xcast. What is your take on this? Have you danced on Paris Lily's grave yet? 
Mr. That they spend all this money, all their games are going to go everywhere and they're not, they're just going to stay exclusive, you know? Um, I, I don't think Paris and I have ever really been uh, in, in, in conflict about this. I know he and I, I think we're, uh, we're a little bit in, in disagreement at the very beginning. But, you know, I, I, if you listen to Games Daily or, or watch the, the X cast, you'll know that I've actually been all over the map uh, on this. I've vacillated a lot. You're a flip flopper. I, I, I have flipped and I've flopped and I've flip flopped. Uh, as it turns out, where I ended up on it actually was closest to what really happened. Allow me to explain. At the beginning, <laughs> allow me to explain. <laughs> at the, when they first announced this, I was like, I was actually on the train of no, they'll they they they'll they'll continue to publish these games on PlayStation and Switch and other platforms because there's too, they, these are major franchises and there's too much money to be made, you know, by, by keeping them multi-platform. Look at Minecraft. Microsoft bought Minecraft and they didn't bring that in house. You can still play that on PlayStation, Switch, what have you. Um, and, and Paris is like, you're crazy. And that's kind of where we were in conflict because he's always been on the exclusivity train. And then as time went on and I just kind of thought more about, you know, the different business equations and the reasons to do it versus not do it, I started to kind of get more on Paris's side of the argument. Think, you know, it makes sense. Like there's been this issue out there. How much of it is real? How much of it is perception? Probably a bit of both. The Xbox just doesn't have the first party kind of in-house studio strength. It doesn't have that in-house stable of, of exclusive titles that Sony does. Now they do. I mean, my goodness, like with, mm, with the stroke mm, of Phil mm. Spencer's pen, like it's like not only not only has Microsoft um, achieved parity with Sony in terms of first party titles, I believe they've surpassed them. I mean, think about it. Elder Scrolls, Fallout, uh, Doom, Wolfenstein, uh, Prey, Dishonored, Evil Within. I mean, it goes on and on and on. Multiple, multiple studios, multiple, multiple AAA franchises. This is a huge, huge deal. Uh, what's interesting is I woke up this morning, in terms of the exclusivity um, aspect, I woke up this morning and I saw that the, the, the deal had been signed and I saw the press release and I clicked on it thinking, in my, my naivety, thinking, finally, some clarity, we'll get to know what's going on here. And of course, <laughs> like, having gotten to the end of the very carefully curated kind of dancing around the issue press release they put out where they were obviously very, very careful not to say too much. I think they said like some titles will be exclusive going forward. Some yeah. won't like it. They, so we including really, some really, new titles in the future that will be exclusive to Xbox. We, and are, PC. we are none. We are essentially none the wiser. Um, I, it, it, it could still fall that, that announcement in terms of what's going to be brought in house exclusively and what's going to continue to be uh, multi-platform. Um, you know, that's going to be saved for an announcement at a later date. What's interesting, I did a Twitter spaces chat with Paris early this morning. The point I made at the time is obviously this is huge news in the Xbox world right now, but it's sure. only, it's actually Xbox gamers who have the least reason to be interested in this news. It's good news for everyone, but like we are like, basically, we're going to continue. We already know we're going to continue to get the games. It's nice to know that they're going to be free on game pass. Cause you know, sure. if, you're, if you're on Xbox, you almost certainly have game pass as well. Um, and that's good. And if you're into the dick measuring console wars bullshit, it's it's a nice thing to be able to wave in Sony people's faces, I guess. But like, if you just if you just care about the quality of your life as a gamer going forward, Xbox gamers are already inside the lifeboat, right? We know we're getting these games going forward. We are going to be good on Xbox to to continue playing Doom and Wolfenstein and Elder Scrolls, sure. um, and all and, and all of these games uh, uh, for for a long time. It's the PlayStation and Nintendo gamers who are splashing around in the water outside, going, "Are we? Is there room for us in the lifeboat too? We just don't know." That's the unanswered question. No, no, uh, no. Yeah, they're fine. Game, PlayStation. Or are we going to have to buy into the Xbox ecosystem in some way? Switch gamers, they they don't even care. They're over there playing Mario. They're shooting a rabbit. They don't know what's going on. PlayStation gamers, they're not worried at all because. 
says it says very clearly here you're saying it's garbled very clearly gamers should know that xbox consoles pc and game pass will be the best place to experience new bethesda games meaning that they're already on playstation and then they say some inclu- really including some including some new titles in the future that will be exclusive to xbox and pc when you get whatever weird offshoot game for that's gonna be exclusive good for you paris lily from the kind of funny xcast has joined us to apologize to everyone for getting everyone so bent out of shape about this and saying of course sky uh, sky or elder scrolls and starfield are going to be exclusive here he is it's very it's as clear as day they're still coming to playstation paris welcome to the show thank you for having me and i apologize to absolutely nobody because <laughs> if you read what was said this is them clearly they're there's it's they're still in cya mode with this right yeah but i think the simplest way to look at this is any new game that bethesda creates aka starfield I would not hold my breath to see that show up on a PlayStation platform. I just don't think that's going to happen. I think this also gives them flexibility in the multiplayer space because it would make make sense that any multiplayer game that Bethesda makes, you want that on every platform that you can possibly have it on. But I think the leverage play here is single player experiences coming from Bethesda. You make that exclusive to Xbox and you use that to push people to subscribe to game pass i i I think that's what we're seeing i also think in the short term you will still see games like potentially wolfenstein 3 as an example still show up on playstation because it's probably so far in development why would what's the point you might as well just go ahead and put it out but i think the long the long-term play here is still they're going to take the majority of these major single-player ips exclusive starfield absolutely i think Elder Scrolls 6 and even something like a Fallout 5 is on the table to be exclusive to Xbox. This even opens the 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 debate Indiana Jones. We could have another Spider-Man situation here with Indiana Jones where that does wind up being exclusive to Xbox. Look, I'm not saying 100% this is going to happen. Clearly, I wasn't completely right with everything that I said, but I still can I contend. Mean, you spent seven point. Yeah, go ahead. For a full stop here. Obviously, I'm being facetious. This doesn't clear up anything. I don't think you're you're saying you're like clearly I wasn't right about some things. I don't know if you're wrong about anything. We we don't know, right? I I mean, the best place to experience new Bethesda games, including some new titles in the future, that'll be exclusive. Like, what the hell does that mean? Microsoft, Microsoft love this. We talked to Paris and I talked about this earlier in uh, on like they're playing us like fiddles. They they know what they're doing. It's they they they, they, the fact that the announcement was completed and and and. And Microsoft now owns all of these massive studios and major franchises. That's enough news for one day. They're, they'll get more. They'll get more news out of the exclusivity announcement, whatever that is, down the road. They'll get. A, they'll have another big event where they'll explain. Well, they actually will bring clarity. But anyone who thought that they were going to get clarity today because the deal closed, no. Microsoft's going to play this out for a bit longer. And again, I think ultimately, I was where I ended up. Ended up being kind of closer to what actually happened, which is a little from column A. A little from column B. I think Paris is right. You know, existing um, titles that are in development. I think they will. You know, they'll continue to support. You know, Fallout seventy six and things like that, multi platform titles. But Fallout five and things like that that may not be. Who knows how you know deep into development they are. But like going forward, I I do now believe that they are going to bring these these games um, in house. And if you want to play, uh, you got to get involved in the Xbox ecosystem sometime. And the interesting thing about that is that doesn't necessarily mean buying an xbox because you know microsoft strategy now selling you hardware to play these games on is only is an ever decreasing part of their overall strategy what they're really in is in the netflix business subscription business Mm. of selling game pass in the paris and i and mike have talked about this a lot on the xcast 
um, in the future, you're going to see, you're going to go to Best Buy or Walmart or Target or whatever, and you're going to see the TVs in the electronic section. They're going to have those little stickers. Spotify comes with a Netflix preloaded, comes with Disney Plus, and you're going to see a little green badge that says comes with Game Pass, and you're going to yep. be able to stream those games right to your TV. They will probably, I think, ultimately sell some kind of little Stadia-type dongle, a little stick, a stream, like Xbox Mini, call it whatever you want to call it, or plug right into, into your TV. Xbox just wants your Game Pass money. They just want your $15 a month, and they want to make it as easy as possible to get there. That's why the Xbox Series S exists low mm -hmm. price option mm -hmm. that's just the beginning that's just the thin end of the wedge of the ways that microsoft want to make it easy for you to get in on get into this so if it does end up being uh that you've got to um uh play these games somewhere other than the playstation which i think is going to be the case it doesn't necessarily mean having to buy a whole other console which some playstation again some playstation gamers who are really like died in the wall playstation freaks are never going to have an xbox in their house but they might pay for the Game Pass subscription to get the games and stream it or whatever well, or get it in some other way. This goes back to what I've been saying for so long, right? Of like, it's just the Trojan horse move. And again, that's where I think when we get into brass tacks of this, of arguing, and I know I talked about this yesterday, so I'll try to summarize it quickly, but of the, this whole, uh, is it exclusive? Are Bethesda games going to be exclusive or are they not going to be exclusive? Even if they're not exclusive, the trailer that they play that ends with the Xbox logo and say start it right now for $14.99 or whatever the ridiculous Game Pass Ultimate deal for that, that week will be, like you're going to see people have to have a real choice. And we're told all the time from our audience, right, of like, oh, man, you guys don't fully understand what $60, $70 now means to us. Well, this is, again, you know, put your money where your mouth is. Of You see this for $14.99, and then you see it with trophies for $70. Which one are you going to go for? And then, of course, the hope is that on Xbox's side, you do that trial month one time i just want to play this bethesda game that's getting amazing scores you do it you get in with game pass you're playing it on your computer right you're streaming it to your phone however you're doing it in the future and you go man that was a lot of fun and there's so many great things here and it works so well maybe i should look at getting an xbox and you go maybe i'll buy i have an old xbox one. Oh, it's not as good maybe i'll try this xbox s well it's only 200 dollars more to go to the x like that's how they want to hook you and get you in there yeah, I agree. It's all about finding ways to onboard you into that ecosystem. Game Pass is a phenomenal. It's you know again. I know that we off we joke about it. We often sound like we're on a TV infomercial. <laughs> all these games are one low price. That can't sure. be real. But it really is that good. And I think you know mm -hmm. now that they've got these other these other kind of flagship quadruple A titles to get people to give Game Pass a look. Once they've got you in. You do. Oh shit! There actually is a ton of amazing stuff here. Like I, I could, I could arguably never need to buy another sixty-dollar game. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just have Game Pass, and it's this all-you-can-eat buffet of games. And it's, you know, the people are going to stick around. Paris, I know you were trying to get off the bench there. It's, we can't see obviously because it would screw up the shot. So what were you about to say? But then also, I wanted to, I want you to tell me if you think this March 11th thing is going to happen. But for now, where are you right now in the conversation? Actually, I'll start with the March 11th thing. I think Not it me. does happen because I think this is this goes into the two points that I had. Game Pass is the key to everything here, right? And the, what I think the March 11th thing is, they're going to announce all these legacy Bethesda titles starting to come to Game Pass. Kind of my thing is what this acquisition does is all past, present, and future Bethesda titles are on Game Pass. They're going to push that subscription service down your throat and try to continually add value to it. This is a part of that plan. The second part of this that I wanted to say was, to me, this allows Bethesda to just be Bethesda. They don't have to worry about any of the financial bullshit that happens at the top. Microsoft can worry about all that. Mm -hmm. Partnering with Xbox now allows them, which I do think is important, better QA of their titles. They don't have to rush things out to say, oh, Dishonored has to be out this holiday and go head to head with Uncharted 5, right? No. 
let Dishonored breathe on its own, put it out in the spring, do whatever, take your time innovating and making these games, all these valuable IPs that Bethesda has. And I understand from a, a gamer standpoint, you want all games to be exclusive. Of course we all, or not be exclusive, I should say. We, we want games to be on every platform. But a part of this is business, right? So of course sure. some of these games are going to be exclusive. But I think overall as gamers, Bethesda has some amazing IPs. And I think if they just get to worry about the process of making games, we all benefit from this. I, I truly, truly hope Starfield is one of the most amazing games ever made. It might only be on Xbox, and I understand that's going to upset some people, but overall, we need more new original IPs in this space that, that can be great. And I think this is the opportunity that Microsoft, being the financial muscle now behind Bethesda, is, is going to allow Todd Howard and those guys to be able to do that stuff. It's also the normal two thing. If you're upset about it right now, I think as it becomes the normal reality, you forget about it. Like if, you, if you're like by the time you get to Starfield actually being out, where are you going to be with what consoles you own or where is streaming going to be for X uh, cloud where, and for uh, Game Pass in terms of how good it'll be? Like, you don't think about what you're thinking about right now. You are thinking two, three years into the future of where gaming tech will be and what will be happening and what the actual console race Xbox PlayStation will look like and stuff like that. Not to mention, like every time anybody gets bought exclusively, there's the throw your hands up in the air. Uh, one side celebrates and one side's upset about it. It seems like right. Right. And so it'll be interesting as this shifts off and what it actually means. But I think everybody will get over it. and It'll just become what the industry is, because that's what always happens. If you're not familiar with what we're talking about for the uh, uh, the uh, March 11th event, I'll jump you over to WCCF Tech. Uh, Microsoft appears to be gearing up for a Bethesda Xbox stream this Thursday. Uh, this was published yesterday. This is when the news was going around. Uh, it's uh are not Van Develd. Uh, from the looks of it, Microsoft is gearing up for a Bethesda Xbox stream later this week. Uh, as covered today, the merger is closer. That was yesterday, obviously. Uh, of course, Jeff Gr Jeffy Grub Grub, sorry, uh, from GamesBeat had put up a new summer games mess where he listed on March 11th, what's up with the Xbox Bethesda acquisition? I wonder, and I haven't checked Jeff's tweets today, and Jeff, if you're in the chat, let me know. You can DM me or just join the Discord call. Um, if that's changed or if this is what he was expecting. But in addition to Grub's tweets, the official Xbox UK Twitter uh, account set out a tweet some hours ago which mentions some sort of mystery stream this Thursday followed by uh, the Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim stream this Friday as expected many now believe that this TBA event is related to the Microsoft slash Bethesda merger especially with Microsoft organizing a stream for a game that was released almost 10 years ago the day after so if that's changed or moved around I'm not sure I will click on Jeffy Grub Grub's Twitter here see what he's saying over here but yeah that's where we're at right now in terms of if something's happening on Thursday and we're going to get some some kind of news. But it would be, I guess, yeah, as Phil's letter calls out, right? Uh, we're uh, To celebrate the special moment, we're bringing additional Bethesda games into Xbox Game Pass later this week. Stay tuned for more details. That does make sense to me that you do a big stream there and like go and introduce these people to or introduce these games to a new audience and really celebrate what you have. Anything else, boys? I, I think we're all in broad agreement. All right. Yeah, I think well, we are. Paris, I accept you. your apology. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me on. I will let you guys get back to regularly scheduled programming. Sounds good. Everybody listen to the Xcast. They're going to have a lot to talk about Saturday, 6 a.m., youtube.com slash games. podcast services around the globe. Thank you, Paris. See you, Paris. Uh, Gary, 
Let's jump to number two on the Roper Report. Is Call of Duty about to go boom? This is Stephen T. right over at GameSpot.com. Over the past few weeks, rumors have swirled that Call of Duty Warzone will soon experience a catastrophic event that will change the face of the game overnight. According to several notable leakers, this hypothetical nuke event named for the nuclear warhead that was found in Bunker 11 back in 2020 will totally destroy the game's Verdansk, Verdansk map uh, on March 11th to coincide with the game's one-year anniversary, clearing the way for a totally fresh locale. That said, given these rumors are largely based on the work of opinion and opinion of leakers, there's no way to know for sure if anything will happen on March 11th. Given that the other Battle Royale games like Fortnite have utilized terrain-changing disasters, such as, a medi- as meteor strikes, uh, to change up their maps, it doesn't seem too far-fetched to expect Warzone to follow suit. But the exact timing is a mystery to everyone right now. Back in February, VGC published a report that claimed that Activision would blow up Verdansk in order to transition Warzone from the setting of Call of Duty Modern Warfare to the 80s-themed Black Ops series. VGC also reported that the nuke was originally scheduled to correspond uh, with the release of Black Ops Cold War last year, but it was delayed. That report suggested that nuking itself would take place sometime in March or April. Although these are essentially rumors, leakers have purportedly dug up a surprising amount of details for the upcoming event. Uh, for example, Call of Duty leaker, this uh, got lines of dialogue, this is going on, other lines co- correspond with the rumored plague mode, and the list goes on like this. Gary, you and I, not Warzone people, but of course, Nick Scarpino, Andy, Fran, uh, Blessing, they're all dropping hot in the Warzone all the time. I put this in here, number one, because it's news and people should know about it, but number two, I think this is a really cool way to do this kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, it's not, I, I, I don't play Warzone anything like as much as uh, Nick and Andy and, and Snowbike, but I do play. I don't play a whole ton. I'm actually updating it in the background uh, right now um, because I always like to be able to jump in whenever I, whenever I feel like it. Um, it is my battle royale of choice. I, I think, you know, if you want like a, a traditional, you know, uh, kind of gritty battle royale shooter of all the ones that are out there, it's my, it's my personal favorite. Uh, I really, really enjoy. I enjoy watching it too. I enjoy watching, you know, uh, Mike and, and Nick and, and those guys uh, uh, play when Mike rolls with his regular crew. It's always really fun. It's it's a it's a great, great uh, battle royale game. It's got its problems like any other, but it, I, I think it's really, really solid. They've done great work with it. Um, and I like this model. It's actually a fairly established model now. I don't know if the first game ever to do it was World of Warcraft, but it's the first one I can think of with Cataclysm. You sure. know, where that expansion, rather than just bolt on another continent, which they had been doing in the past. They radically reshaped the existing world. They were like, there's been this cataclysmic event, and the world that you knew has been basically shattered, you know, by this seismic event. And we've remade all of the zones, and now everything looks different. I think that's really cool. Fortnite's been doing this, right? They've had these big of events course. where they've kind of these earth-shattering events where they've kind of remade the world, and nothing that you remember is the same. Um, and this is the latest example of that. And I think it's, I think it's cool. It's a, it's a, it's a good way to kind of keep the game. Fresh, and I love the way that they always almost reminds me, uh, Greg, and you'll appreciate this. The way that I they will. do story, the way that they do storytelling in wrestling, you know, where they where they, oh, they sure. tease these storylines all the way through the year, and then they build and they and everything's kind of building up to the storylines being resolved in these climactic events at the big, you know, Summer Slams or WrestleMania or whatever. But the storylines have been percolating the whole time. Um, that again, find, finding the nuke. There's like, oh, I, I know Fortnite's done this. They've teased like, what is you know, what is the rift and what is this thing that's coming? They get you invested and it's building up to this big cataclysmic event. I think that's really cool. It's it's a trend in gaming that I like. It's a great way to kind of keep the world fresh. But you know, these these these, these service games where people are logging on and playing every day, it's easy for it to start to feel stale. You've got yeah. to lit- quite literally shake things up every now and again, and this is a great way to do it. I'm all for it. I mean, this is you know. 
the kind of shit I would love to see out of a game like Avengers, which I know would be difficult, but the, one of the main problems I have with Avengers, right, is it's just there's nothing happening. It's the same shit. If you log in there, why would I actually turn it on? But more on next week's Blessing Show about that. Uh, for this one, it is like, I, I even though I am not playing Warzone, I appreciate this, and I appreciate the... I, lo- I love when games in 2021, with all the leaks, with all the message boards, with all the social media... I still love that games are able to give you that playground experience I grew up with where it was somebody would, you're all playing the same game and you start talking about it. And last night I found no way. How did you do that? What do you mean? And like, you have to sit there and well, I did this and I had this item and I had that equipped and I went and that's how the door opened. Like you don't that for a while I felt like kind of drifted away and now it's happening in a different way where it is. Oh my God, are they about to blow up the map we all love? Obviously, how many times have I heard Nick and Andy joke about Verdansk, right? Like, are they about to drastically change what that is? And yeah, I think most recently we've seen it with Fortnite, but it is a cool way to do it. Now, speaking of that, the same conversation is continuing, believe it or not, into number three. Fortnite is getting its first single player mode uh, ever here. This is Matt Perslow at IGN. Fortnite will soon provide players with a new single player story event that acts as a conclusion to the current season of the Battle Royale. When Fortnite Chapter 2 Season 6 launches on March 16th, the first thing players will be met with is the Zero Crisis Finale. Described as a solo experience by developer Epic, it is the conclusion of Agent Jones's mission that formed the basis for Season 5's story. Epic promises that the aftermath of this single-player event will shape reality as we know it, suggesting that the event will push forward and make changes to Fortnite's storyline. Zero Crisis Finale also includes a story cinematic, which can be watched as part of the global premiere. Uh, Epic plans to share details on how to watch this in the coming days. Look at that. Pushing them all together, right, of, again, Fortnite continuing to evolve. And I I think I I described it as a single, uh, in the headline here when I originally said single-player mode, it's a single-player story event. Like like this says, when you start up Chapter 6, it sounds like you'll have to play something single-player, and then it'll be over, and then it'll just be Fortnite as you know it, or we know it, or whatever. But another cool way to do it. And I, you know, Fortnite, I do pay attention to, I do play, I do enjoy. I like to see them continue to push it and change it. And again, I, you know, this season with the bounty hunter stuff, the battle pass wasn't my jam like it was for the Marvel season before. So I didn't really get into it. I didn't invest like I know Kevin did and go after getting the full Beskar armor for the Mandalorian. You did that, right, Kevin? You had a hundred. You got baby Yoda. Hell yeah, did. Woo! Hell yeah, he Me, did. Right. Joey but and uh, Barrett. Barrett all got it. So like that, I'm glad that's awesome, and there wasn't enough of a motivating carrot at the end of the stick for me. But chat, I didn't realize we were this close to season six. I'm excited now. Next week, I'm excited to see what this is about. Of course, uh, the Zero Crisis thing ties in with the Batman comic book. They're doing a Batman Fortnite limited run comic book that drops in April. I am incredibly excited to see what next season is about and how much DC influence there is, and yada yada yada. And again, to your point, Gary, from earlier on talking about Call of Duty, these. Abilities to come in and change these worlds to get the player base re-energized. So cool. Yeah, I think it's really fun. I wasn't even aware that there was much in the way, in the way of storytelling going on in the Fortnite universe because oh, yeah, I'm not yeah, really invested in that game. But again, generally, I really, really like this. I'm always looking for interesting interesting ways in which games can tell stories. And environmental storytelling is a, is a big way that they can do that. They do it a lot in single-player games. Um, but I think it's actually really interesting to see it happening in these live 
you know, persistent uh, mass multiplayer games like uh, Call of Duty and like Fortnite, where, like, again, I don't necessarily play all of these games, but every now and again, I'll see a story on like Kotaku or whatever, where someone else, where, you know, there'll be a story like someone's found a mysterious door in this game and no one knows where it leads or whatever. Yep. It just popped Borderlands up. had that it, for a long time. Yeah, too, that, it, gets, yeah. it gets people talking. It's like, what does this mean? And it's, you can almost, like, once you've built the world of a game, a living world that people are in all the time, it's almost like you can start to construct like an ARG inside the game world. Do you know what I mean? It's like oh, little totally. clues and little doors. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, now now that everyone's online, they can start to, you know, kind of collate their data. Well, what have you discovered? Well, I found this and it relates to that. I remember the original division, there was a mysterious room that didn't seem to have any purpose, but there were all these kind of clues and uh, people, and it may have just been a big red herring, but like people were like, what does it mean? Why does it, what is, it seems like this room has a purpose, but we can't figure it out. Like people get together on the message boards and they start talking. And sometimes it is actually a tease towards like a big story event or something that's coming down the road. I think it's great. It's a really, really interesting way to keep people invested in, you know, the ever-changing nature of the, of the game world. I love it. I agree. And yeah, I'm excited. Kevin, you excited for more Fortnite next week? Hell yeah. I don't know what we're going to do with all the stuff happening next week, guys. We got four hours of Snyder Cut. We got the Avengers update. We got Fortnite season popping off. Hey, Kevin, how bummed out are you? They missed out on that leak, Greg. If you'd, have, if you'd have dialed in Tom and Jerry at just the right time, you could have watched it already. I want you to know we were doing in review. <laughs> like, you were recording in review yesterday. I had been writing offline. I, we were, I came back online to do this. I'm recording in review. You know, Nick, of course, is totally missing that Godzilla is a good guy and clearly established that in Godzilla 2014. And I like look at the chat of the chat or maybe it was Twitter. And it was like, yeah, if you get Tom and I immediately ignore everyone and I go to HBO Max and I click on Tom and Jerry <laughs> and it's just a fucking cat and mouse. I was so pissed off. It's like, God damn it. This is the kind of shit somebody should be calling me about. Why am I getting tweets about this? Call me about it, everybody. Tell me I can go watch the Snyder Cut right now. Good Lord. I don't think anyone got to watch the whole thing, did they? The story I saw no, was like no, one they, person they, got to watch like eventually... an hour of it, and then they got cut off. Yeah, they nipped it in the bud. I think it was just two hours, yeah, and they cut it off at some point. But, you know, doesn't stop just the train two, next week. Don't worry about it. Just two hours of this fucking Borg-like. Borg-life. Hashtag Borg-life. It's happening. Don't worry about it. Uh, number four on the Roper Report. Let's talk about another uh, live service game. This is a service game. Uh, Apex on Switch runs at 30 frames per second. We go to Emma Kent at Eurogamer. Uh, in an interview with Famitsu, game director Chad Grenier, along with Andy Boggs and Dan Hongberg of Panic Button, Han... Hanberg of Panic Button, the studio responsible for the port, spoke a little bit about the game's expected performance on Switch. According to them, Apex Legends will run at 720p when docked and 576p in handheld. That's the resolution I don't see thrown out as much as 720p. Uh, 576p in handheld with a frame rate of 30 frames per second in both modes. Given that the Switch port will come with cross-play, some players have expressed concerns that Switch players will be at a disadvantage against other platforms, particularly given the game is capped at 60 frames per second on console and 144 frames per second on PC with ways to get around the latter. As detailed in the Famitsu interview, there will be an option to disable cross-play so you can choose whether to pool with other Switch users or give yourself a real challenge against PC and console. Hopefully, the Switch-only pool will have plenty of players for matchmaking. Gary, you never got an Apex, did you? No, uh, like I said, it's a, the, the, the kind of the battle royale world. That's, I like I like the world building they did. The characters seem cool. For some for some reason, like it just you know sometimes you can't put your finger on it. Just you look at it and go, no, not for me. One this no, way. Totally. I, I admire I admire everything they've done with it. They made a success out of it in a very crowded space. I think Respawn is a tremendous developer, and I love 100%. a lot of things they've done with with Apex. In terms of the Switch version, 
Um, you know, Switch games and PlayStation games and Xbox games are often running at wacky, non-standard resolutions. You just, of course, yeah, checkerboard, stretch, really all that stuff. Tell, tell the difference. The Switch does it a lot, especially in handheld mode. Um, you know, this not to want to change the subject too much, but you know, all the more reason for uh, you know an upgraded Switch in whatever form that's going to take to come out. Um, you know, hopefully by this holiday on the on the Switch Pro, Switch Max, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Uh, new Switch, you know, Nintendo has its own kind of crazy ways of, of naming things. Um, I was actually very skeptical. I was like, nah, they're not going to do that. They're selling a million of these things a day already. Like, why do they need to make a new one? It is starting to look a bit long in the tooth, though, the Switch, especially in the light of the new consoles. Um, and we are at a point now, we talked about this a lot on the Xcast recently, 30 frames a second, especially for a Twitch game like a shooter, it's not good enough anymore. Once you've seen 60 frames, you can't go back. Um, we had a long conversation on the Xcast about resolution versus frame rate. I can't tell a huge difference between 1080p and 4K. There's definitely some, but it's not it's not as compelling a difference between uh, as between 30 frames and 60, especially with a racing game or a shooter or something where you know that speed um, is of the essence. Uh, it's very very hard to go back again. A game like Apex, 30 frames a second, ain't gonna cut it. That's why I think we do you know are, are going to be very grateful to have uh, a Switch Pro or some kind of upgraded 4K. Uh, switch, uh, not necessarily for just the, that the sexier screen, be nice. more screen. Yeah, I want, yeah biggest, make yeah, Animal I mean, Crossing even bigger. And, that, handheld, yeah. and that's and that's what's got me thinking. It is finally happening. A lot of the news you're seeing out of the supply chain in terms of the screens that are being ordered up and stuff like that is um, is is very compelling. I do I do think it's coming. Um, you know, nice bigger nice bigger display for handheld will be good. Dock it, get the 4K, get the 60 frames a second. Uh, bring the Switch into far greater parity with uh, where the PlayStation Five and the uh, and the and the Series X. Are right now again let's just take a moment to like give credit to the switch and what nintendo's hardware engineers and what the developers reported games to it have done the witcher running on a switch would you even believe that was possible they somehow pulled it off um you know obviously it's always going to be slightly the inferior version of the game but i'm actually amazed what the switch you know the little engine that could what, what it's done is really really remarkable and that makes me very very encouraged for what you know a more powerful version of the system will be capable of yeah uh to this apex thing again i'm not a fan either but i just appreciate that they have crossplay there if you want it but they're giving you obviously the ability to turn it off just play with people who are in the same uh realm as you which is like was the you know the thing with switch fortnite for the longest time of i was really good at switch fortnite <laughs> let me tell you not so good when i went to the other platforms number five on the roper report walt williams has been in- hired at insomniac games we go to eddie at GameSpot. Veteran video game writer Walt Williams has landed a new job with Insomniac Games, the Sony-owned developer of the Ratchet and Clank and Spider-Man franchises. Williams made the announcement on Twitter, quote, I I may have done a thing, he wrote, attaching a photo of his eyes and a placard that says Insomniac Games. The exact nature of Williams' involvement with Insomniac is unclear, and we don't know what project or projects he may be contributing to, but it's clear he's now working with Insomniac in some capacity. Williams is a games industry veteran known for his work on a number of 2K properties, including Bioshock, Borderlands, Mafia, The Darkness, and, for Greg, most importantly, Spec Ops The Line. He also wrote for Star Wars Battlefront series. Additionally, Williams wrote a book, Significant Zero, which talks about the incredibly challenging nature of making AAA games. Uh, Of course, Walt Williams, friend of the show here. uh, I've followed his career with great interest for quite some time, so to see him go to Insomniac, to see Insomniac pick up Drew Murray, I'm very excited to see what happens next if Walt's working on Spider-Man 2, if he's doing something different over there. Uh, obviously, you can't wait to play Ratchet in general, but very exciting stuff, Gary. Yeah, this is a win-win, I think, for Insomniac and for Walt. I like Walt a lot. He's really, really talented. I've, I've worked with uh, Walt. I've been in writer's rooms with him. Very, very talented. Great writer. Obviously, has a great resume. Uh, very, very smart guy. 
Um, and, uh, you know, Insomniac is also one of the great story based uh, game companies. I, you know, Spider-Man was was uh, my favorite game of that year, or at least one of them, largely sure. because the story in it was so great. Some of my favorite Spider-Man moments in comic books, movies, you name it, were in that game. Like, I really, really loved it. Um, and uh, it, it, I, I love that there are, there are a company out there like Naughty Dog that are kind of pursuing the highest storytelling ambitions. And, you know, if you're going to do that, Walt is a great guy to have um, on your team. I think they're going to do great things together. Good for Insomniac, good for Walt, happy for all concerned. Normally, I would ignore it, but I do like tossing it in there just for a little bit of gas on this fire. Uh, Kebabs on TV in our chat says resistance. This sounds a lot like resistance. And when you look at it, you know, working on a Bioshock, a Borderlands, a Mafia, a Darkness, Spec Ops line, Battlefront, he does know how to write a story that involves you being on the other side of a gun. So don't hold your breath, everybody, but you never know. You never know. Uh, and speaking of holding your breath, everybody, Greg Way, number six and final on the Roper Report. There is hope for The Last of Us factions yet. We go to Eddie once again at GameSpot who says The Last of Us developer Naughty Dog is hiring an, quote, economy designer to help the team with a multiplayer game that includes live operations and player progression. The job ad states that the successful candidate will help Naughty Dog, quote, create avenues for self-expression for our players, ensure robust longevity to our games, and give our players great rewards to strive for, end quote. This all sounds like Naughty Dog is working on a new multiplayer game with cosmetics that player can unlock to personalize their characters. None of this should be a surprise, as Naughty Dog confirmed more than a year ago that it's working on a standalone The Last of Us multiplayer game. However, Naughty Dog has kept very quiet about it in recent months. Many studios are now adopting and embracing live services for their new games, so it would be no shock to see Naughty Dog follow suit in some capacity. Gary, did you ever play Last of Us Factions? No, but I find this whole um, economics thing fascinating. I remember some time ago when uh, Blizzard, uh, I mean, this is going way back now. It's been going on for a while, but I remember when Blizzard hired a full-time economist to work on the World of Warcraft economy. Like They brought in someone who actually had like an economics degree yep. or a doctor to bring in and help, them, and help them figure it out. Because, Eve Online famously has some, an, an economist yeah, and, on site. I, I, and, I, and I, you're at, we're at a point now where if you have one of these live services that has like a functioning economy, you need someone who actually understands real-world economics um, to come in and help you make it function because real-world economics are, and in-game economics are subject to the same rules. You know, the, the, the rules of supply and demand and market forces and inflation and all these things that affect the real-world economy. If you build a fully functioning economy and, put, and let real people play around with it and, and buy and trade goods and sell things, the, the real-world laws of economics apply. So you need, yeah. you need uh, economic uh, know-how to make sure that the economy doesn't, just, just in the same way that we have like a Federal Trade Commission and uh, your Department of the Treasury and you know all these people <laughs> there to make sure that the economy uh, remains robust and functions and doesn't collapse. You, when, once you build a really robust in-game virtual economy, you need that same knowledge. And so I think it's fascinating that that's actually something that's become part of you know game development is, is, is having you know, full-time professional e economists who can, you know, make sure that this stuff's working the way it should. I find it really interesting. I find it interesting too, Gary, but I also find patreon.com slash games pretty interesting. You can go there to be part of the show with your questions, your comments, your concerns. You can go there to get the show with the post show we do each and every weekday, and you can go to patreon.com slash games to get the show ad-free, but guess what, jerk? <laughs> you didn't go there. You're watching it somewhere else, so let me tell you about our sponsor. I'm sorry I called you a jerk. I got it. It ran away with it. You know, I was going to call you a bozo, and then I was like, that seems mean. <laughs> So I deviated to jerk, Kevin. Kevin, on the scale of insults, jerk better than bozo, worse than bozo? 
uh, worse than Bozo, but neither are <laughs> yeah, apologize bad you know what i mean like you're fine they get it (laughs) these jerks get it these (laughs) jerks understand these bozos uh this episode of kind of funny games daily is brought to you by logitech gaming headsets are important you want a headset with a good mic good sound and a headset that feels comfortable to wear that's what's best about the g733 wireless gaming headset from logitech g the G733 Lightspeed Wireless Gaming Headset comes with 2.4 gigahertz wireless connectivity, front-facing dual-zone light sync RGB, blue voice mic technology, Pro-G audio drivers, and multiple colorways to choose from. It also has total freedom with up to 20 meters wireless range with Lightspeed Wireless. Uh, keep playing with more than 29 hours of battery life. Play wirelessly on PlayStation 4 with stereo sound. With front-facing dual-zone light sync RGB lighting, you can personalize your headset lighting across style and comfort. The reversible suspension headband is designed for ultimate comfort during long play sessions. Each G733 colorway has its own unique headband design. There's also a soft dual-layer memory foam that conforms to your head and contours around your jaw for a better seal, uh, reducing stress points and uh, delivering long-lasting comfort. It's available in multiple colorways, each with its own vibrant, reversible headband and corresponding ear pads. For a limited time, Logitech G is offering our listeners express shipping at LogitechG.com. Use the code KINDAFUNNY, daily free ship 38 for express shipping today. That's express shipping on all Logitech G products with promo code kind of funny daily free ship three eight. Hurry now since the promo code will expire in three days. It's like mission impossible. Uh, our next sponsor, HelloFresh. What's HelloFresh? With HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered to your door. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking fun and easy and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and getting dinner on the table in about 30 minutes or less. With more than 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Uh, Kind of funny, of course, loves HelloFresh. Joey uses it all the time. Kevin is on the HelloFresh train. And even me, Greg Miller, has used it before, uh, making some steaks, some peppercorn steaks, if I remember correctly, and a great quesadilla. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 12games and use the code 12games uh, for 12 free meals, including free shipping. That's one, two games, all one word. That's HelloFresh.com slash 12 games and use the code 12 games for 12 free meals, including free shipping. Uh, don't forget, everybody. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. You jerks and bozos. Gary, I'm excited. Yeah, sorry, to see. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't miles away, but I was just over on this other screen while you're reading that. Some uh, breaking news from outside of the world of video games that has pleased me immensely. Uh, Piers Morgan is leaving Good Morning Britain, presumably for uh, being a twat. Um, good riddance to bad rubbish. Here's um, what I, I I love your British perspective on it, of course. But Pierce Pierce Morgan, right? Pierce Morgan. What I've always seen about this guy is he just fucking sucks. And so today I saw, of course, he yeah, somebody called him out on being a complete jackass, and he got up and left like a little baby with his toys. Just an, and and now never to return. Good riddance. Fuck off. Glad to see the back of that asshole. Been spewing toxic and bile into British public life for decades hopefully this is the la- he'll end up on one of these fucking right-wing uh, tv networks that's going to be popping up in the uk in the next couple of years but i won't have to look at your stupid fucking face uh anymore when i uh, when good morning britain is uh, popping up in my twitter feed anyway that's put a big smile on my face the official list of upcoming uh games on each and every platform as listed uh by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday 
Now, Gary, did you watch that whole like uh, Prince Harry and Meghan Markle interview with o- Oprah? I want my wife watched it. I watched a little bit of it because obviously you couldn't get away from it. It was all over my Twitter feed. Sure. Um, at the end of the day, I, I'm an arch anti-monarchist, always has been. Anything, anything that hastens the extinction of that thoroughly irrelevant and deeply toxic institution of the British royal family has my full support. I think I, it's just, just a fucking massive, massive, massive sponge on the British public purse. They contribute nothing. They do nothing. Um, the fact that there's, that there's racism and all this kind of stuff inside of the British royal family is a, is a surprise uh, to no one uh, who's been paying attention for the past several hundred years. Uh, fuck all of them, basically. I'll be glad when they're gone and we can be a proper country. You think they'll ever be gone? Nah. But it's a, yeah. nice, it's a nice thing to think about. Sure. Okay. Uh, out today, Darkanoid on Steam, uh, Stronghold Warlords on PC, Apex Legends on Switch, Pacer on Xbox One, Forza Horizon 4 on PC via Steam. Uh, Red Dead Online has some new stuff to look forward to. A free ability card awaits players this week as the Outlaw Pass number four er, er, nears its last seven days. Er, er, er. Also bringing with it rewards and boosts uh, for current Outlaw Pass owners and bounty hunters. Uh, perfect for ranking up. Guild Wars 2, the Ice Brood Saga Episode 5 balance is available now. Watch Dogs Legion Update 3.20 adds online mode, on, not for PC like we reported on last uh, yesterday. Uh, and then the Division 2 Update 12.3 is now live. This introduces seasonal reruns while they work on the content for uh, later this year. New dates for you. Karma Chapter 1 is coming to Steam on March 17th. Lost Words Beyond the Page launches on Steam, Switch, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on April 6th, and then Chronicle of Innsmouth, Mountains of Madness were released on Steam on March 23rd. Gary, we ask people, of course, to write in to be part of the show, patreon.com slash games. You can give us your questions, your comments, your concerns, everything under the daily video game sun, but also, very importantly, you can give us your squad up requests. Of course, this is where you write in and say, hey, I need somebody to play video games with. And I say, hey, what's your username and you know uh, where are you going to go and what do you need to play? And you say all that information and then we put it here and people come and play with you. Today, Lal needs help on PlayStation and PC. Uh, the username on everything is Lolly's up. So L-A-L-L-Y-S-U-P. Maybe it's Lolly Sup on PlayStation, Twitter, and Steam. Hello, best friends. Uh, so I recently reached my fifth year in recovery, sobriety, being clean, and have, been, uh, and have thought about how games have been a big part of my life and getting through the tough times, especially early on. I know this past year has been a struggle for a lot of people, and if anyone is ever looking to squad up and play some games or even anyone who is struggling and wants support, I'd be happy to help. Uh, I'm new to a lot of multiplayer games, but I'm always down to run some Ghosts of Tsushima Legends uh, or try something new. If you want to play with LOL, hit up Lollies Up, L-A-L-L-Y-S-U-P, on Twitter, PlayStation, and or Steam. Full credit there. I'm uh, more than a decade uh, sober myself. It's not easy, and I admire anyone who's able to stick to it. It's it, probably the best thing I've ever... I'd probably be dead. Uh, today if I hadn't quit drinking when I when I had it was not easy to do but it was probably the best thing I ever did for myself and like I said it's not easy uh, and anyone who's able to kind of to conquer that and get back uh, you know on the straight and narrow uh, good for them do you talk about that a lot I mean I know as your friend we've talked about it but I mean I feel like it's not something you share publicly but I also guess you aren't as much of a podcast I don't I mean I don't go out on my way to talk about it but I'm not ashamed of it I'm an alcoholic or at least oh, I mean, sure, whether yeah. or not it's you know I, I used to be a very 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 heavy drinker and it deeply uh, deeply uh, uh, debilitated my life, and it was it was health issues, social issues, all kinds of problems. Uh, you know, now I'm a dad. Like, it's obviously it's inconceivable. I I could never go back 
to that life. I'm much happier the way uh, that I was. But yeah, I just made a decision one day. I, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm going to stop drinking. And I never had another drink. Whenever Wrath of the Lich King came out, that's how I remember it. It was, it was, it was around then. I got drunk at some Wrath of the Lich King launch event and embarrassed myself. And I remember uh -huh. thinking, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore. And I just stopped. Uh, it was relatively, not to brag or I don't mean it this way at all. It was relatively easy for me. I never went to AA or anything like that. I just, I just decided to stop drinking and I never had another drink. Um, you know, it's always something that could happen again one day. I mean, again, now I'm a dad, I won't ever let it uh, happen. But, you know, it's why, it's why people say that it's why, the, why alcoholics don't say I used to be alcoholics and they am one. They're in the present tense because you always, always are. Uh, but I haven't had a drink now in well over a decade. And like I said, it's the best thing I ever did. Uh, for myself and for and, and i love my wife leah for uh, for helping helping me uh uh through that it's um it's rough it's rough and i look back on it now i'm ashamed of myself some of the things i did when i was uh, a heavy drinker and i'm so much so much better for it and the people around me are so much better for it um as well and let's like i said so you know i only brought it up because that uh, person sounded like they've been on a sure yeah, on yeah. a similar similar journey and like i said it's it's not easy it's much harder for some people than it is uh for others and anyone that can stick to it you know day by day um i they have they have my admiration well you have mine gary congratulations on your sobriety as well and of Thank course you, lolly's up who of course jeff jeffy grub grub did the quote <laughs> lolly's up greg miller <laughs> and i'm like oh, it does sound weird when you say that uh, uh i have a required reading for you believe it or not ladies and gentlemen as you know over there on the internet there's a site called games beat and usually it's just jeffy grub grub just shitting out articles and it be like oh this is gonna happen this is gonna happen sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't but he keeps employed i don't understand it there's also a guy over there named dean uh takahashi who writes amazing stuff and today he wrote about how paragon is actually back from the dead kind of uh, you can go to GamesBeat to read the full story because it's interesting, but here are four paragraphs from it, okay? Omita Studios has raised $2.2 million to create a cross-platform, third-person, multiplayer, online, battle arena game called Predecessor. The game is based on the assets of Epic Games' Paragon MOBA title. Paragon was Epic's attempt to join the MOBA market that Riot Games' League of Legends helped create. But it never succeeded in pulling in players from that game, and the enormous success of Epic's Fortnite Battle Royale mode overshadowed Paragon. Epic canceled it in January 2018. Again, this is Greg now, much to the chagrin of Andrea Renee. Everyone remembers that Andrea Renee was obsessed with Paragon. One of the people who was devastated by Paragon's cancelization was streamer Robbie Singh, an influencer who had a following of 50,000 people who watched his streams about Paragon. After Epic shut the game, after Epic shut the game, it decided to take, uh, make the assets of Paragon available to other developers in July 2018. Singh decided to rally his community and form a team to pick up where Epic left off. Singh started a, the company in January 2020 with Andrea uh, Gorella, not Renee, and uh, Stephen Mueller. Uh, Omidi Stu Omida Studios was born with a name that spells a demo backwards, and it went to work on Predecessor. The team has a dozen people, and it received an Epic Games mega grant to work on the game. It has staged an alpha test and expects to ship an early access version of the uh, version of the game this year and a finished game next year. A fascinating report of going through and being so dedicated to a game that you just won't let it die and going through and making this happen. So if you have the time, head over to GamesBeat. Uh, click on this one about Omita Studios, about uh, Predecessor. Uh, don't click on any of Jeffy Grub Grub stories because it could be it could be a lot. It could be it could be fake. You don't know. Gary, it's time to look into your wrong. Of course, people watching live on twitch.tv slash kindoffunnygames. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong to correct us on things. Because um, we know I don't get things wrong, but give it your best shot. There's been a lot of editorializing going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This has nothing to do with us. I guess you're trying to do breaking news, I guess. 
Yeah, I've seen this too. Game Jumper X calls out that like uh, right now, if you're t- the Xbox test that's going on, you can get Google Stadia to the browser. It's a it's a yeah. funny little thing. Who cares? Yeah, I don't know if it's the same story, but I read about how you know, the through the uh, through the Xbox browser you'll be able to play uh, Steam games and games on the Epic yeah, Store. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously it's it's not. An, I don't think it's an official thing. It's kind of like a workaround, so it's bound to be spotty. But it's interesting, ladies and gentlemen. Believe it or not. That's the end of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, you can be part of the show at patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames, but you can also go there to get the post-show Blessing Eddie Oye Jr. and Barrett Courtney are about to do. Gary and I both have 11 o'clock commitments to go bounce to. Uh, of course, you can write in there. You can be part of the show, ad-free, all that jazz. If you have no bucks to toss our way, of course, you can get a brand spanking new episode, youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com, and podcast services around the globe daily. Tomorrow on Mario Day, it will be the future class of video games, blessing at AOEA Jr. being joined by our friend Janet Garcia. Thursday, it's Tim Tam. That's right. Tim is back with GameSpot's Tamar Hussein. And then Friday, it is me and Irrational Passions, Alex O'Neill, coming to close out your week and do it. If you're watching live, uh, Andy, Nick, uh, Tim, and Snowbike Mike are about to play more of that there. Mario and Bowser's Fury over there. Have some fun over there. Gary's going to go have a call. Is it a what call is this? Is it a business call? You going to write a script? No, I got, for somebody? A do- I got a doctor's appointment. It's nothing. No, that's not as exciting. I thought I thought you were working on an MCU TV show, DCEU movie. Keep, keep trying. Have you booked us another comic book gig? Are we writing another comic book soon? You know what I mean? I can't do it. They don't I want me. Do, I actually do have something to tell you in that. There we go. Wait, all right. All right. Now we're talking to everybody. Okay. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, Twitch stream coming up right now. If you're not catching it live, youtube.com slash kinda funny plays. That's right, right? Kevin, I got that one. YouTube.com slash kinda funny plays. Sure. It's a new one. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. It. That's, that's uh, yeah. probably it. Uh, that's probably it. If not, just you. Okay, yeah. Murph Dad says, I got it. I got it. And then if not, post show over on Patreon. Uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, it's been our pleasure to serve you.